You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? Welcome back, everyone, to Buffalo Rumblings on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and I'm filled with excitement all over again. Last week, had Dan Mitchell, and wow, here we go. Joe Miller, welcome to the Buffalo Rumblings family. Um, you know, I followed your content on Fanatics. Obviously, you have a huge following, a bunch of people who are a really big fan of your takes. And without further ado, introduce yourself to uh, the Rumbling fan base and um, all listeners alike on Buff Hub. Go ahead, sir. What's up, bro? It's good to be here. Um, we introduce myself. Well, my name is Joe Miller, and I am the uh, I'm the host, the voice, if you will, uh, of the uh, Overreaction podcast. It's been on a little bit of a break. I've had to give my vocal cords a break. It's actually not my vocal cords. It's it's my brain that needed a break this season. <laughs> This season was amazing, um, and I've, I've said it a lot, like, Bill's Mafia, like, do we realize what this season was, what it meant, like, 15 wins in 19 games, I mean, a 15-win season, right? I mean, yeah. and, and between the season, between just life and COVID, and then obviously, you know, all the content, uh, you know, my show, Saturdays and Sundays, or Sundays and Mondays, depending on when the Bills played, uh, preview show, post game show, the off tackle with John Fina show, the Humpty Hotline, everything. Like I was just, I was tapped, bro. Like it was like, all right, <laughs> time to try to dial it back, like dial it down a couple notches for a couple weeks. So yeah, I took a break uh, about six weeks, seven weeks after the Bills' last game of the season, uh, or I should say, last game of the playoffs against the Chiefs, and then uh, took a venture and uh, found myself out kind of as a free agent on my own a little bit and uh, got hit up by the Buffalo Rumblings folks and uh, excited for this new journey, excited to be on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network and excited to create content uh, with the folks over here and just kind of see where this takes me and see how much bigger my platform can get as, as we all probably know. And I know, you know, as well, you know, Rumblings is number one uh, as far as from a platform standpoint uh, for Buffalo, you know, Bill's alternative content, as we like to call it, the hobbyists that we are. Um, and yeah, dude, just excited, excited to be a part of the family. Been welcomed in greatly. Like it's just, yeah, it's just awesome to be here, dude. That's pretty wild. I mean, I, I think for me, it was interesting. Like I came from <laughs> literally like 30 people listening to what I had to say to then having, uh, you know, Jamie D'Amico. And then I, I was able to talk to Anthony Marino and Anthony Marino right. was, uh, kind enough to kind of, you know, take me underneath his wing. Shout out to you, man. I miss you. Get you on here soon. And, um, just basically see something in me that was, uh, a podcaster, you know, I, I was right. just doing it for fun and, you know, I was connecting with different people who were doing it, uh, 
beat reporters were willing to give me some of their time. And here we are. I feel like it's uh, real, feel really blessed to be a part of the Buffalo Rumblings, fan, Buffalo Rumblings family. Um, <laughs> as a Bills fan, it's just really cool. Uh, you know, so today, Joe, we're, we're just going to keep it. I don't want to say vanilla because I know like I can say that, but it's going to get so in depth so fast, (laughs) but I want to talk about offense and defensive duos and how the bills kind of rank. You know, I, I, you look at Allen, you look at Brady, you look at Mahomes, you look at Rogers and you look on the other side of the field. Uh, you got trade a, you got the guys down in Tampa. Um, you know, so I want to start off with your impressions, obviously, with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And then we're going to go down the list here, kind of peek around the league. And basically I want to funnel down today what the Bills can do, you know, similar that other teams are doing to maybe get to that next level point of becoming a dynasty. Um, so, you know, that's obviously what everyone wants to see. Everyone's hoping for, you know, the nine, last time the Bills had a dynasty was, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And everyone oh, I knows remember. about those years. Oh, oh I remember. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and and we're kind of we're getting a taste. Obviously, we're getting a taste of what that can feel like all over again, you know. And, and I, yeah. I'm going to bring something up here. Like my dad, uh, I'm going to get your take in a second. Like my dad, you know, grew up, you know, in Buffalo, uh, came straight out of Puerto Rico, and mm. you know, he ended up getting a job uh, when he was young, just like selling like beers and food inside the stands, and so he saw you know, these guys playing live Cornelius Bennett and, you know, just the feels he got. He told me watching the bills play this season. He literally said to me, Steve, I think that the bills are better than they were in the nineties. I kind of couldn't really Mm. take that in, but you know, to hear him say that he said, they're just so much more explosive than I ever thought they could be. It's, and he also speaks from a potential standpoint. So what are your thoughts starting off with the dynamic duos on offense? Let's talk about Josh Allen and Diggs real quick. Go ahead. Well, dude, there's a lot to unpack even in what your dad said. I mean, backing up just a little bit. I mean, the offenses are different, right? And and I'm probably your dad's age. Um, I'm 47. <laughs> uh, so I might be older than your dad. Uh, there was just something about the way that the K-Gun worked and operated and they would just come out and they would roll you and they would, they'd be down the field and in the end zone in 90 seconds in, you know, two and a half minutes. Like it was just, it would happen so fast and like they wouldn't even be out of the first half yet. They'd be up by three scores and it was just, it was just a different offense. Whereas this one, Josh Allen and what Josh Allen does is just different compared to what Jim did. Uh, I feel they, I, I feel that they see the field different. I feel they play the game a little bit different, which is good. It's all good. I mean, as much as Buffalo Bills fans, Bills Mafia has been clamoring for the next Jim Kelly for 25 years. You know, I'm glad that this guy is not Jim Kelly. I'm glad that this guy is not, you know, the, the, the next coming of Jim Kelly. He's Josh Allen. And when this is all said and done, he's going to stand on the two legs that are Josh Allen. And, you know, the, the, the ring of honor is going to have number 17 and it's going to say Allen above it. And it's not going to say, you know, the next Jim Kelly or the guy that was the next Jim Kelly. So they're very different. They're very, and and I would tell you that, you know, just as, I mean, they're just, it's just different. What Josh Allen does. And I was talking to Joe Marino earlier this week, you know, there's something about being third and 17, third and 18, third and 19, and you just and you feel it, Steve. You just know it's like Josh Allen is going to complete this pass, and we're going to push down here. Like it's just. And I'll be honest, even with the Jim Kelly days, it wasn't that way. 
they would just roll down the field methodically on you. Like it was a two minute drill. Cause that's what it was. It was a two minute offense. And they would just go right down the field, six yards, five yards, 10 yards, 12 yards. It was net. They were rarely in a situation where it was third and 17. Like it just wasn't that way where it's just different. Like it's, but it's just as awesome. It's still, it's just as amazing to watch as far as that goes. So I digress. I'll jump off of that soapbox um, just real quick. I'm just excited about the fact, and Jay Spence as well. Jay Spence is, Jay Spence asked me, you know, when are we going to stop talking about or comparing Josh Allen to Jim Kelly? And the reality is, is we're not going to until Josh Allen wins the Super Bowl. Until then, this team is always going to be compared to Jim Kelly uh, and that 90s Bills team. But uh, it won't, it, it won't be, I don't think it's going to be long. The window is, wide open uh for that so you know take that for what it's worth not that i'm a profit but take that for what it's worth so, back <laughs> yeah. on point yeah. back on point you know i'm glad you qualified what you said because you asked what we were going to talk about uh alan and Diggs and how good they are and how they compare and what they have to do to take the next step is what you said and then you said to become a dynasty because you scared me at first because right. uh, when it was like the next step like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs were like the number one guys in the league. They <laughs> yeah. were the number one. Like, what is the next, like the, is the next step that like, Hey, you know, what? we're going to play with eight guys to year 11 and we're still going to beat you. Like I, I, so I'm glad you qualified that statement, but uh, mm-hmm. they were phenomenal. And what's, what's wild is they were sneaky phenomenal. Like when I think Josh Allen and I think Stefan Diggs, even as a bills fan, even as a, as a, as a season ticket holder, Hallmark member, like card carrying member of bills mafia, like, I don't, I don't, oh man, this might get me in trouble. I don't think of Josh Allen the way that I think yet, the way that I think of Aaron Rodgers, right? Or even we Pat could skip, we could skip down there. I, right now I was going to go Allen, uh, Mahomes, Brady, then Rodgers. But you know what? Since you're there, how about we just, we compare them right now. But like wait, you got, you got, on, but, but, but I don't even consider Diggs. Like Diggs is great. And I've fallen in love with this guy that I barely knew from Minnesota. But when I think Mike Evans or Devonte Adams, Right? Yeah. Am I right when I say that? Like you're like, oh, that's like no, that, that that's a, that's freaking Mike. I, that's Mike Evans. Oh, like, but but Joe, okay, this is good that this is starting to go down this uh this rabbit hole. This is why. What is one advantage that Evans and Adams have right now that Diggs does not? I'm gonna get. Back. Well, I think it's ball placement, and I think that's something. Mm-hmm. I think okay. that's something that Allen can really learn from. I want to skip mm-hmm. down to Rodgers. We can talk about Mahomes and Brady okay. after. Okay, but. You look at Adams alone is a polarizing wide receiver mm-hmm. to have on your offense. Mm-hmm. But having Aaron Rodgers is just as polarizing as well. Sure. You saw what happened when you ended up taking away Devontae Adams. You basically took away Aaron Rodgers. The same thing can happen to Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs. You take Stephon Diggs away, we're ramble we're he's he's running up he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Just like last year in the playoffs, he felt stable. He felt like if I need a play to happen, I know I can throw it down the middle, just like he did against the Indianapolis Colts. And and Diggs made the catch. He's a physical sure. guy. He sure. has the hands. He'll hang on to it. Guarantee you John Brown wouldn't make that catch. Maybe he makes it and gets injured out of the game. Um, right. So if you're comparing, in my opinion, Allen to Rodgers right now, Rodgers' ball placement and his quick release – if Allen could possibly figure out how to fit that into his game, because I feel like his release has gotten amazing. If his mechanics are awesome, and I think one way to build off of it, okay, how do you make that release quicker? How do you threaten a team that's playing off to then, okay, short passing game, here we go, boom, 
I'm going to, I'm going to cut you low. Like, boom. I mean, you, you win any way you want because he, he wins with his legs. He wins, he wins with his, you know, big mm-hmm. arm and then he can win with the, with the short passing game. Mm-hmm. That's something that Rogers and Adams that makes them, that's what makes them so dynamic in my eyes. So. I, I agree, but I don't I don't know that you're giving enough respect to Josh Allen. And I and, and I know that you love Josh. I'm not so I'm not saying that you don't respect Josh Allen, but I don't believe that all of the growth we saw from Josh Allen was simply Stefan Diggs. So I think as much as I don't even if the Bills had not acquired Stefan Diggs, so the Bills roll into this season with John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Gabe Davis. And let's just pretend for a minute that John Brown doesn't get hurt. I still think that Josh Allen makes a leap this year. And I don't think he makes the same leap, obviously. I mean, it's you're talking about, I mean, it was a it was another, it was an it was an another world leap that Josh Allen made this year as a quarterback. When you talk about yards and completion percentage and like all, like the fact that the bills were basically took a quarterback that was somewhat as, as Cal Brandt likes to say, sugar high Josh. And they basically said, you know what, bro, go throw the ball around the football field. Like go be, go do you, go do you. Um, I think he still takes a, a large jump. A big part of that was the fact that like these guys this year didn't drop footballs including Stephon, Stephon Diggs. So like Beasley didn't drop football like last year, 19 and 18, the Buffalo bills led the league in drop percentage. Like, and obviously 18 is an outlier year with Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones, who only caught, I think 50% of the passes thrown to him. <laughs> um, like, which is ridiculous. I, yeah, we don't need to talk about that, but I, I, I agree with you. I'm just not completely entirely sure that Josh Allen still doesn't make a jump. Right. But what's exciting about what you said. And I think Bruce would agree it just means that Josh has a little bit more to go, right? And I think that he's the kind of kid that, like, we can count on after watching the growth from 18 to 19, 19 to 20. I think we're going to see what you're looking for in that perfection of what his craft is, right? In his ball placement, in even reading even better. The quarterbacks are going to miss guys. Even well, Aaron well, Rodgers well, let misses me, let the, me stop the you, wide Joe. open guy once in a while. Yeah, go ahead. Let me stop you. So here's something interesting, though, I, I realize is that when a QB starts to get refined, mm-hmm. the defense gives them more respect, which mm-hmm. allows the quarterback a lot more room to grow. Sure. And and I think like when a quarterback is not constantly just getting pressured to hell and he's not able to develop, like you look at quarterbacks right. in the past, the Bills had, I mean, that was a really big issue. It's like we had holes on the offensive line and, you know, that we didn't have a weapon who could, you know, break away, you name it. There were things that always really hindered a quarterback from truly developing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether if it's the coordinator, you can, you can name it. You know, it's just for some reason, the chips finally fell in the right place, but I'm not saying it's luck. I will say I do Mm -hmm. give credit to Josh Allen. I do give credit for the adjustments he made with Jordan Palmer in the off season, all Mm -hmm. of those things. I do not believe though, he makes this leap without Stefan Diggs. No, I didn't say he no, but, but that, but that's where I'm coming from. Like that oh, whole point. You and think that you think that Josh Allen without Stefan Diggs is the same Josh Allen from 2019. I see way more flashes of 2019. I don't say he is, but I see way more flashes of 2000, 2019 because in key situations, he's not going to have anyone to bill him out. And that's a big deal. And that's something that I know Brandon being looked at and he was just kind of like, he had potential Sure. To, to, to make plays happen. It's just these guys weren't getting open. Um, people play sticky coverage. You look at the Ravens last year. End of the game, what if Stephon Diggs was going across the middle and not John Brown? 
definitely uh, win that game. Definitely. Win. And cover it's not, zero. It, it, it's, not a, yeah. it's not a catch. It's not a catch because it was the defender. The defender got his hands on the ball. Well, well but the thing is, I just think the position, the position that John Brown had on that cornerback was very right. poor. It was very poor. And then that's he knew possible. it. That's possible. Yeah. And that's just what I, I'm I saying. The, the, magic be- the magic between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, and if, if, if you're like me and you probably are and you've got all the games recorded and you go back and watch these games or you just watch the highlights – is the time that you said it, that that Diggs bailed out Allen, that Allen was in a point where he was like, where am I going to go with this football? There's, there's Diggs. Does that make sense? Like, like Stefan yeah. just knows how to work back to Allen or work to open fields or the open part of the field a little bit more than maybe John Brown does. Obviously Gabriel Davis does. I just, for me, there's just a great deal of, and this, this is such a fun conversation to have because we're nitpicking like a dude that was like number two for the <laughs> yeah. MVP vote. Like, yeah. and, and we just know that he has the opportunity to grow even more. I just, man, well, I just, well, wanna... we're nitpicking though, Joe, the reason we're nitpicking is because he's in the top crop of quarterbacks that mm. I believe he can learn from. This is sure. where I want to funnel to because it's like, what do the Bills do to become more dynamic on offense? It starts with the dynamic duo taking that next step of no, okay, what can you do that Brady does? What can you what can you do that Mahomes does? So, you know, let's break down real quick. What did you see from Brady at age 43? Maybe I don't know if he's 45, 43, 47, whatever. He's younger than me. <laughs> well, <laughs> fact of the matter is he's showing flashes of vintage Brady with his hair going down his neck. Like he looked amazing towards the end of this year. Once they really started to figure out, get some more easy matchups to get in the flow. They win a Super Bowl. Uh, he trusts Mike Evans a lot more. You know, there's better ball. There's better ball placement, the whole nine. And you just see vintage Brady take over the playoffs all over again. Mm-hmm. He, he, he didn't just, he didn't get a first round buy at the age of 43 went into enemy territory and took it all the way home. Right. Like literally, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so you think about that and I, I want to talk about Brady and Evans, you know, because I look at Evans, like he is, he is the guy that any quarterback would love to have. He's huge. Mike Evans is a different animal for He's sure. All, he made Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel. Right. Like make that, make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, there would be no Johnny Manziel without Mike Correct. Evans. Go look it up. Well, there is no Johnny Manziel because he didn't have Mike well, Evans. Well, now he doesn't have Mike Evans now. Yeah. Where is he now? I mean, I think, I think, I think you got to be careful though in those comps because Tom Brady, yes, at 40, whatever he was, five, 44, I think he's 44, 43 or 44. Um, as much as yes, he looked like Tom Brady of old. Can we not discount for a second, not only Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin? Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown. You know, Gronk showed up towards the end of the season. Cameron Bright is no slouch. You know, Leonard Fournette is on that football team. Like, they've got a great center. Uh, I mean, that, that offensive line is good. The defense is really good. Like, I think uh, Tom Brady is still the Tom Brady of 2019. The difference is, is Tom Brady's now on a team that has weapons around him. And that's a lot of that effect, that same effect that you're talking about from Josh Allen with the jump and the leap by getting Stephon Diggs. I mean, that, that same leap is there for Tom Brady because he now has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, right? I mean, he's got these yeah. guys around him. So I don't know that it's much as much Tom Brady all of a sudden is playing with, you know, like, like he's got his hair on fire or he's playing with his hockey haircut going down his back, as you had said, <laughs> as much as it is, he actually has weapons around him that are not named Nikhil Harry, right? So, 
Oh, for Maybe. sure. For sure. Well, you know, then I guess there's another, another chip on Brady's shoulder of what if Chris Godwin's not there next year? What if Levante David walks and the team is weaker mm. and then it, it goes back on his shoulders all over again? I just look at the polarizing effect that Brady and Evans have. Right. Like it, he's literally gotten, he got Randy Moss all over again. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm not saying he's Randy Moss, but Mike Evans never had an amazing quarterback. I guarantee you we would be calling him the second coming of Randy Moss if he was playing in New England. Right. That's my point. But but Mike Evans did have uh, crazy numbers. Mike Evans has always had crazy numbers, no matter who his quarterback was. With that being said, Jameis Winston didn't didn't give a hell about stats when he was playing in Tampa. So (laughs) the whole time he's like, I'm going to look good no matter how many times I throw a pick. I know Mike Evans is going to get me 100, 200 yards a game. Look, all I'm saying is you look at Evans and you look at Brady, you look at the ball placement, you look at what they're able to build upon from – look, I got a friend of mine, dear friend of mine. I I grew up with him and – he is a Tampa Bay fan, and literally, I, I just I just called him the other uh, the other day, and he said, right. "Dude, it's it's re- it really hasn't sunk in. Like, I, I don't understand how we went to the Super Bowl and won. Like, we were playing Give terrible it. all year, and I had to remind him. I'm like, yeah, but you know what ended up happening? You got easier matchups. Brady and Evans started getting more chemistry, and the defense had to respect a double team every single time Evans was on the field." Godwin was able to get the one-on-one with respect to Godwin. Godwin was not winning double coverage. That's just my thing. He wasn't. So he was able to get the single coverage. So if Godwin goes somewhere else and he's the number one guy, I do not believe he takes a massive leap. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of why I see, I see Brady and I see Brady and Evans as this just polarizing effect on the field. But you got to be careful because even with that, I mean, if you look at the numbers, his, his, I mean, his, his yards numbers are down. Like this is, well, I, this is the second lowest yards total that he's had in his career. So his completions are up a little bit up over last year, but he had 86 the year before that in thir- in 16 games. Well, he had 13 games. He had more complete. Well, I guess he had three less completions last year with three less games and more yards. So I don't know that. I mean, I, what a fun conversation. I don't know that necessarily <laughs> that, uh, that this is a situation where Mike Evans is a monster with Tom Brady. Mike Evans is a monster. Mike Evans has always been since the day that let's be honest, Steve, like we drafted the year that Mike Evans came out, we drafted Sammy Watkins six games into that season. Every member of Bill's mafia went, we drafted the wrong guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we knew it. It was like, nope, the guy we should have drafted was Mike Evans. Like if we were going to trade up and get somebody, we should have taken Mike Evans. Instead we took Sammy Watkins. Like, there's no really, there's no real ability to compare the two. They're just, they're just two different players. Mike Evans is just, he's just a different player. Like, I don't know that I don't, I don't, I guess where I'm going to disagree is that I don't know that Brady's making Mike Evans right now. Mike Evans made Mike Evans may have maybe doing for Brady. What you're feeling that Diggs is doing for Allen. Look, here's maybe? my, here's my opinion, Joe. Seriously. Okay. I don't think Brady goes to Tampa. If Mike Evans is, is, is not there. Mm. If, I don't, I don't believe that's, totally that's, agree. that is totally my agree. point. I don't, I don't Agreed. care if you got Brown and you got, you got Chris Godwin, you got Leonard Fournette. If Evans is not there, I don't think he goes all in on trying to sign a two-year contract. I think he retires. Yeah. 
I think yeah. he's he's looking at the situation like, man, like I know how hard it is to score in the red zone without a yeah. really good target. Same and that's thing. something that's that's what I look at. And I and that's one of the reasons that I'm really excited about the Bills. Um in retrospect, like to see how to compare them, it's like that's what the Bills were missing, and that's what they got with Stephon Diggs. A serious yeah. red zone threat. He's right. dangerous in the red zone. And, right. you know, yeah, it's it's hard to really compare because obviously Mike Mike Evans is he's so massive. Um right. and Stephon Diggs is just he's he can size up any cornerback mm-hmm. and win one on one. He can do it. Mm-hmm. And um, go deep. And he's and he's got length, the length and the reach that he's got. Like his catch radius on a 55-yard pass is insane. So, so let me ask you this. So let me ask you this. Yeah. So what does Josh take from Brady? Just to, to, to become more dynamic, what can Josh take from Brady's game to help there, there's a There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a me, uh, not a methodical, yeah, it's a methodicalness. There's a, there's a method to the way, jo, to, to the way that Tom Brady plays football. There's a, there's a means to an end where Josh Allen still gets in trouble is when he's like, okay, I feel like this game is maybe getting away from me. Right. Like, I feel like I've got to do something right now where, where Brady just chips away at the ice. He just keeps chipping away at the ice, chips away at the ice. And then yes, he'll try to throw one over the one over the top, but by and large, Brady just stays methodical, just stays methodical. Like whereas sometimes, and we've seen it and we know what happens. Allen gets a little rattled and it's like, got to get it all right now, right now. And like versus, you know what? Just trust the guys around you. Trust your defense. Just take the six yards, take the four yards, take the eight yards, take the one yard, take whatever it is that's underneath. Just, just stay methodical. Uh, you stay know, methodical. That that right there is an amazing point. As simple as it may sound, it is so in depth because you even look back at what Ray Lewis had to say about Tom Brady. The only way we were we were able to beat him. He's talking about this was an interview. He goes. I had to watch as much film as him. And it's so interesting because if you look at Brady, that has to be the apex of his game because he's not dynamic with his legs. His arm isn't super strong anymore. He's gotten weaker over time, but his, he's still Tom Brady for some reason. And what it is, is he knows where to go at the right place at the right time at the right down everything. And it's like, yep, that's where I think a lot of these, you know, superstar dynamic players need to take a step back and learn from like Mahomes got absolutely outplayed by a 43 year old quarterback. And what you saw was what you said, a methodical approach by Brady. He, mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to take up, take it up top. I'm going to trust my guys can win down low. Right. And then, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to throw it to Gronk. I'm going to chip away with the run game. And I think that's, amazing to see because yeah when we see josh allen on the field you're expecting explosiveness what if that were more controlled what if it were more methodical does that change who he is potentially i don't know if it does because i think if you can take away from brady's game to just be a film rat i think it just makes you an all-around better quarterback on every level yeah and that's something that i take away but isn't isn't getting through your list and there's there's there, bro there's no way we're making we're getting through this whole thing like the, the conversation <laughs> we're having is amazing and there's no way we're getting to this to, to everything everything you've got on here but isn't tom Bra- or isn't aaron Rodgers the methodicalness of tom brady and the dangerousness of allen at the same time 
I mean, doesn't if 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 Allen turn, finds the Tom Brady in him, doesn't that almost instantaneously turn him into almost a more explosive, younger, more dangerous version of Aaron Rodgers? Right? Because Aaron Rodgers wow. has that yeah. chip away at the ice, chip away at the ice, chip it away at the ice, and then he's going to chuck a 65 yard downfield to Devontae Adams, right? And complete that ball or like do something sneaky or use his legs or get outside or run, or, you know, do something on the run. Like there's just an aspect of like, yes, for me, if Josh Allen is going to learn anything in between 20, 2020 and 2021, it's literally how to just trust. And John Fina said that. John Fina was the first guy that told me that. In, in this past season, like the bills need to work. Josh Allen needs to be comfortable taking all the underneath stuff, the one yards, the two yards and the three yards of Cole Beasley and to whoever his tight ends are. If he gets that. And, and it was funny. Cause like, like clockwork right after he said that on the first off tackle with John Fina show that we did, Allen started doing that. And when he did, he almost became unstoppable. That was when Robert Sulla was like befuddled by Josh Allen. That's when Vic Fangio was befuddled by Josh Allen. That's when Bill Belichick, who, by the way, put seven defensive backs on a football field to stop Josh Allen. Like, yeah, coaches don't do that. Coaches don't put seven defensive backs on a football field to stop a quarterback. Like that's how much that's what Bill Belichick thinks of Josh Allen. Like I got to put seven defensive backs out on the field. Like I got to do whatever I got to do to make them not throw the football. And what did Josh Allen do? Threw the football all <laughs> over the football field. Right? I mean Oh my god. Yeah. No, and you know what that does? It literally leads into the final matchup here. The right. matchup that literally it just felt like the season came to an abrupt and bitter halt against Mahomes and Hill. You talk about that short game that started to make Josh Allen unstoppable, right? Now, mm -hmm. we're talking about a short game with Mahomes and Hill. This is a guy who can throw it to another guy for two yards, and he can turn it up the field for 90 and a touchdown. Right, right, right. On a dime. It's, yeah. it's like literally watching a robot just catch the football and, and take off. It's, it's unbelievable to see what Tyreek Hill has been able to do. And I believe it's what makes Mahomes just even more explosive. Mahomes himself, the one thing, I'm going to get straight to the point of what I want Josh <laughs> Allen to learn from, from Patrick Mahomes. I want Josh Allen to be able to backpedal 15 yards and throw a 70-yard <laughs> bomb, square up his shoulders, and not give a damn. That's what I want Josh Allen to do because there's no way in hell a defense can stop that. He did it. Right. Mahomes is able to do that whenever in the hell he wants, and it is whenever in the hill he wants, and it's just absolutely it's – just, it's just insane. And um, I, I love cheesy puns, so you're going to have to get used to that. But look, <laughs> like, honestly, if Josh Allen can figure out how to do that, even on simple plays, I'm not saying going back 15, but if it's five yards, 10 yards, you know, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Jim Kelly. See, there's something about Jim Kelly that he used to do. He would go backpedal, literally square up his shoulders like he was just doing a backwards jog. Stop. Yeah. Flat foot throw. Down not the field. 15 yards, not 15 yards, but not so. 15 it was, yards. It was seven to 10, seven was, to 10. But he was, yeah. it wasn't like a sideways, um, drop back. He would drop back straight back and then just straight boom, back. Yep. Machine yep. gun. It's just like, that's something that I think you see from Mahomes a lot quicker. Just, I mean, the guy looks like he's playing baseball, playing football. It's, it's not fair, but 
Um, you know, what do you I think? Don't, I don't want to see that from Josh Allen. I don't want to see, like, that. that Why? No. Pat, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is, you've got to make a decision. You're not going to get a guy that's drawing up plays in the dirt in his mind. So it's not even a situation of, like, okay, like, we're down two touchdowns and we're like, it's, it's third and 14 and like Bobby, you're the bottle cap. And like, Billy, you're like the stick and like, they're not doing that. But in his mind, that's almost what he's doing. Like Pat Mahomes is literally playing backyard football in his head. You're not, and he's great at it. Like he is, he is the, he is the outlier versus every other quarterback in the NFL. As much as Josh Allen has similar or the same or better Arm talent, meaning that Josh can make the passes that he throws, the off, some of the off-platform stuff, the back across the body stuff or across the field stuff. I want, I want refined. I want methodical and dangerous. I want Aaron Rodgers. I don't want the guy that's like, oh shit, it's all breaking down. I'm gonna run around like because if you if that's what you want, then you're gonna get Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Versus a guy that's just like, you know what? I'm going to take what you give me all the way down the field. You're going to get Tom. I'm I, For me, I I would prefer Tom Brady's six Super Bowl rings to Pat Mahomes' one, right? So Tom Brady's methodicalness and six Super Bowls to, to Pat Mahomes' one and backyard wow factor football. But that's just me. Josh okay, Allen can okay, do but it. Joe. He but can do it, but I don't want it. If you want to get into that, though, but here's, here's something interesting, though. You got to admit. There is no way in hell the Buffalo Bills defense plays as good as Tampa Bay's defense to stunt. I mean, just absolutely stun the Kansas City Chiefs the way they did. They had Levante David manned up against sure. Travis Kelsey. And sure. Travis Kelsey could not do anything. He, they he had took, 130 yards. He had 130 yards. Well... Obviously, there were also broken down plays, though. There were look, nobody else was. Getting, yeah, yeah. No, oh, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did nothing. He had 130 yards. Like that's a pretty freaking good day from a tight end. Like I just mean, I just, I just mean, you look at when it mattered. Uh, you, we, we could also look back at to when those yards were coming about, probably in garbage time. That happens a lot. Uh, I think there was one deep pass towards the end of the game, possibly. But that's that, that's what I'm. Down. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't. He wasn't shut well, down. Well, I don't know. Say. I don't. All I'm saying is, I look at the dynamicness of Mahomes. It was gone when you took away Travis Kelsey because then they just played three yeah. man deep and just made sure Hill wasn't running around like a madman. And Agreed. Antoine Winfield Jr. Hats off to him. The kid played like a five year veteran against an amazing, mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing uh, wide receiver core. So, yeah. look, all I'm saying is you look at it, – it's like there's tiers. There's tiers of quarterbacks. And for the first time since the late 80s into early 90s, we have a quarterback that is in the top tier. Say it again. And we have a quarterback that is in the top tier. <laughs> That's we right, have a quarterback – <laughs> that is able to go toe to toe with Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes. Yep, yep. It didn't look like that when we were facing Kansas City, but also I thought it was a little bit unfair how there was a little bit of a of a fan shock where there was plenty of fans to give home field advantage than any other game in the NFL season. Yeah, for sure. And I think that definitely oh, yeah. has that has an effect on how you're running plays, especially you look back on that game in particular. We'll get into the defense in a second. 
you look back at that game in particular, that was something that was a struggle that I want to see Josh change. Look, he's got to have more aces in the deck. Mm. There has to, and that's something that I think Mahomes has that he doesn't. I, I talk about the backpedaling, and you know, I'm like, I, I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. You know, fun to watch. But that's my point that I ultimately wanted to get to is that I think Mahomes has way more aces in the deck than Josh Allen. Is that because of personnel? I don't know. I really don't. I, I because yeah, you got Travis Kelsey. You got you got you got uh, Tyreek Hill. But it's like there's only so many plays you can write up. It's like here's the thing in poker: you hold your best plays or your best cards until the end. Right. You, you, you pull them out at the end and that's how you win. And it's like, I feel like there's a lot of times where Josh Allen would panic or Aaron Day, you know, Brian Dable would panic and they call these plays to try to be more dynamic, whatever have you. But it's like, then all the aces are out. Then they already but you, know. You just, but you had to stop right there because Mahomes has seen more than Josh Allen has seen. Mahomes has seen more than Josh Allen has seen. And and we're talking about the difference between, so not only has, has Mahomes seen already more than Allen has seen, but Mahomes has been trained, taught, discipled, developed, whatever you want to call it, to expect more than Allen has because Reed, there's nobody in the world that's going to mistake Andy Reed for, or Brian Dable for Andy Reed. Brian Dable, I wanted him fired last year or at least gone. And then obviously he came out this year and this year was amazing. And I don't want him gone now, but you're not going to mistake Brian Dable for Andy Reed. Like Andy Reed. I mean, if there's a quarterback whisperer, it's Andy, Andy Reed. Like we talk about these for guys. Sure. Oh, like, I mean, we, as Bill's fans, Oh, we're going to go get Jan Gailey. He's a quarterback whisperer. We're going to go get Mike Malarkey. He's a quarterback whisperer. We're going to go get all these guys that are quarterback whisperers. And guess what? They're not, you know, who is Andy Reed, right? I mean, yeah. So for me, there's, I mean, it's, it's just a different situation. Not to mention Pat Mahomes is just, he's, there's a better preparation in my opinion for what he's going to get from jump from Andy Reid than Josh Allen is from Brian Dable. Now, obviously there's a point where, you know, the, 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 everything becomes equal. I don't know. I don't know that we're there yet. Another year, two years for Josh Allen. We're probably at the point where like, Okay, all bets are off. Like we're playing with the same hands. You've got Jack, you've got, you know, Ace King, I've got Ace King. Like, right? So it, it just comes down to are yours suited or are yours off suit because mine are suited at that point for your poker reference. Like we're playing with the same hand. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, are you suited? Because I'm suited. Oh, okay. you're not suited? I'm better. Well, Joe, then this the rabbit hole has to end here, but I'm gonna leave you with this last question. <laughs> Do you see this was my fault? This was my fault. I brought up to way too many. I pulled out all the aces out of the deck, man. Like, dude, like <laughs> Think about it. Like this. Yes, I like, no I like one wanted. Them. Okay. No one, like no them. one wanted to say it. You know, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, Joe, because you know, I don't give a damn anymore. I think Brian Dable screwed us in that Kansas mm. city game. How in the mm. hell do you not figure out something, something? It, it just, it does Andy Reed and their defensive coordinator just get all, they, they get all the credit in the world. Eric Bieniemy gets all the credit in the world as well. You know, you look at the defensive side of the football. Like, th- we're going to get into the defense now because that's something that I feel like we're going to have to tackle in the future. But yeah, Brian Dable got us all the way there. And then, well, yeah, uh, we just got to be I thankful. A, we got to be thankful. I said on my show post game, Kansas City Chiefs, that that game very much looked like 
both head coaches or both, I'm sorry, both uh, assistant coaches. So both coordinators, defensive offensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, Brian Dable, that game looked to me like they spent the entire week preparing for an interview for a head coaching job. That that's what both of those look like. We came out of that Kansas city chief and this is where Bill's mafia needs to look in the mirror. And I put, <clears throat> I put a tweet out. I don't even know. It was literally right after the super bowl. And it went, I don't want to say I gaslighted, but I get it gaslighted, lighted a little bit. This is where Bill's Mafia has to look in the mirror. Coming off that Chiefs game, everybody was convinced. All of us were saying the Bills got outcoached. The Bills got outcoached seven ways to Sunday. The Bills got like, they got outcoached on offense. They got outcoached on defense, blah, 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 blah. Then this, two weeks later, the Super Bowl happens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers shut down right? The, the Kansas city chiefs with the quote unquote, same game plan that Leslie Frazier had. Then all of a sudden, Oh no, we didn't get out coached. We just have worse defensive players. So which is it? The reality is, is we got out coached. You just said it like Leslie Frazier didn't have an answer. That's off his own defense that he played at some point in time, you've got to make an adjustment by so, the end of the first half when every dude, Tremaine did, Edmonds. Okay. Did the Browns, I get, the Browns gave a better fight than the bills. The Browns gave a better fight than the bills. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Someone believes yeah. me. Like it's not, you, you can't make this up, man. Like there's no way. There's just no way that you just lay an egg that big. You know, it's just, it just makes no sense on a stage Talk that big to lay an egg like that. Do, and you have, you have you the get, Browns playing better at Kansas City than the Bills are. Like it's it's just it's just unbelievable in my eyes. All like, you've got to do is all you've got to do is talk about that fourth down play. That fourth down play happens and they prepped it. The freaking CBS crew was ready. Right? Yep. They, they that fourth down play, they ran the same damn play. And the Bills couldn't stop it. They ran the same damn play they played against that they ran against the, the Browns on fourth down, and they showed one other one. Yeah, like this is this is their fourth down go to play, and sure enough, Kansas City ran it. And who wasn't prepared for it? The Buffalo Bills. Okay, here we go. So let's talk about the defense now. Well, we got trade day, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you pick. You, you either get <laughs> trade day and Hyde, or you get trade day and Poyer. Which one are you picking? Uh, you can't pick. I mean, Trey is staying on this football team. Well, I mean, a dynamic duos and, on defenses. This is the topic, and we're gonna get to, we're gonna get into in comparison to the other duos. How do the Bills improve on defense? It's gonna be a little varied, but that's why I I, I couldn't pick between Hyde or Poirier. It was really hard for me, so I just put both. I put both of them in the question. The reality for me, and I said this on the Lockdown Bills podcast with Joe Marino on Tuesday. For me, it's Trey Day and a Havoc Reeker on the defensive line. So I, I I can't answer your question. If you're going to force me into that That's question, fine. That's fine. I can't answer it. I because I don't know that it's I don't know that it's Trey and Hyde or Trey and Poyer. To me, it's Trey and a Havoc Reeker. The difference between Trey had a great year. Trey played well in 2020. He didn't have the 20 the 2019 season that he had, but his his season was still great in 2020. But but the reason that Trey his 2020 season was not his 2019 season was because the defensive line was ineffective in 2020. There was a gross difference between the defensive line, the front four play in 20, 2019 than there was in 2020. Get me a havoc wreaker on defense and watch Trey come to life. Watch Trey become 
like the like Jalen Ramsey. Watch Trey that's become so funny you say Marlon that. Humphrey. That's Go so ahead. funny you say that. So you're telling me that's fine. Now I, I again I asked this question because of present roster, wishful was, wish wishful roster. Someone like Aaron Donald in trade day for sure. But oh, lights out. But you know you wonder. Then you do have a very porous secondary, right? You look at what happened to Ramsey. Ramsey's covering Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams does a streak across the, you know, and this cornerback doesn't want to switch with him. He wants to stay stuck on his man. And it it literally, that's the play of the game right there. You lost the football game because you couldn't literally like, it's like a basketball play. They're they're drawing a pick and you can't pick up their other guy. Like it's just common sense things that you lose in the backfield against really strong passing offenses. So, as much as I like what you said, right? You want like a Donald Ramsey effect. I do think the reason I would stick on the other side with Trey Day, and I'm going to stay with um, Jordan Poyer, Trey Day and Poyer, how to choose between Hyde and Poyer, I got to pick Poyer, is because I believe if you have a really good safety who can cover and help in the run game, or to stop, you know, to stuff the run on a blitz, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, sneak in there on, on a nickel uh, package you basically help seal up a, a, a hell of a lot of, uh, you know, running lanes that the offense is trying to push at you. And I do think that's what keeps Trey, in my opinion, dynamic still is having a guy like Poyer on, on, you know, manning up if they're, you know, they're running man to man and they're able to kind of switch up around. It's just the communication is unbelievable with the backfield, but you can have all the communication in the world. Now, let me ask you this question. What do you think Honey Badger and Breeling have that trade A and his backfield don't? Honey Badger. There's just some guys just have a nose for the football. And I think there's just something that there's there's something that, that Tyron Matthew brings to a football game. And I think Trey can bring it as well. There's I mean we've we we all know well. I don't I don't want to say we all, but those of us who are who pay attention, those of us who study, hobbyist podcasters, whatever you, whatever you want to call us, you Steve, me, yeah. Jay Spence, Bruce, you know Judge Mathis, Dave Tilton, the us, right? Trey studies film more than just about any other defensive back. Trey watches. Trey is dropping back. His eyes are in the in the, you know in the backfield. He know he knows his he knows his assignment well enough to know what he's going to run based on his body position, that puts him in a position to where he can watch the quarterback more than he's watching his right his assignment because he knows what his assignment's going to do. Honey Badger, you know, Tyron Matthew has a very similar feel to what's going to happen and what's going to develop in front of him. What Trey doesn't have that Tyron Matthew has is a front four that's getting to the quarterback to make a mess of whatever it is that they're trying to do. Trey doesn't have that. That's the difference between, I don't think it's a honey badger Breland situation. I think it's a honey badger front four situation. That's why I said, I want to, that's why I said, I want to have a creaker. Get me. Okay. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Hughes had more pressures than JJ Watt. Somebody needs, somebody needs to define for me what a pressure is because Getting near the quarterback means nothing to me if you're not moving him off his spot, rushing his throw, affecting the pass, right? Getting getting him to make a decision he doesn't want to make. I think the difference like, is this, though, Joe. I think the difference is this. You talk about a havoc wreaker. What do havoc wreakers always get? Double or triple teamed. 
I guarantee yep. you throughout the whole season, Jerry Hughes was getting a lot of one-on-ones for sure. Sure. For, for sure. sure. And they had a double team. They had a double team at Oliver who we're, we're still, we're still waiting to see what his um, ceiling could potentially be. But look, here's something that's, it's just interesting when you talk about dynamic duos on defense, because we can then talk about uh, the final two here. I know it's not backfield and it's not, um, you know, right there on, on, you know, in the trenches, but you got to admit, it's kind of hard to see who you want to build your defense around, especially when you have really dynamic linebackers like Levante, David and Devin white, Levante, David and Devin white literally can shut down a run game and a short passing game. And they're going to force you to throw the ball deep. Like that's something that I I look at Tremaine Edmonds, right. And I look at uh, Matt Milano and we're so afraid to lose this, this dynamic, you know, linebacking core that we have. Um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Okay. Because, because for for me, because for me, the, 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 the Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott defense is predicated on having one dynamic linebacker, Luke Keekley type linebacker that can run sideline to sideline. We have that guy. Again, what we don't have is the havoc wreaker up front to let that guy loose. Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds, as much as he gets sideline to sideline, gets caught up in the fray. Yeah. Way too much. Tredavious White could shut down half of your field. He can shut down an entire half of a football field because he knows what's going to happen on his half of the field if the defensive line can get there with the pressure that they're supposed to get there with. Tremaine Edmonds can can literally benefit from the same effect, which now you're looking at two levels, right? So your linebacker level, your defensive back level, benefiting from the same thing. Obviously, that just makes your safeties better if the front four can get there. Okay. The, so, the, so, the, so the worst decision the Buffalo Bills have made yeah. since Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott came to Buffalo was believing that Vernon Butler, Mario Edison, and Quentin Jefferson could replace whatever it was that obviously Jordan Phillips was giving us and Shaq Lawson. Now I'm not I'm not here I'm not here to pound the table and say that like we should have re-signed Jordan Phillips and we should have re-signed Shaq Lawson. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is Whatever they thought was going to happen and whatever they thought they were replacing by letting those two guys go, they were wrong. Like, whoops. Well, well, we can't ignore the obvious here, though, Joe, is that the offense carried the defense all year until the playoffs. And and, and, and that's something I think everyone wants to avoid. (laughs) Fans and and players and and coaches alike, um, you know, everyone in the organization, they're looking at look at how the bills were the year before and then just look like a shell of themselves for the first five weeks of the, of the, you know, of the regular season. It just felt so weird. Um, it felt like we were porous and, you know, obviously you got a new defensive line. You got to give them some kind of leeway. Right. But eventually, you know, they started to figure some things out and then you started to see who were the anchors to figuring things out. You got Milano, you got Tremaine, you got a, a stellar backfield and they were able to, you know, basically pick up the slack for whatever wasn't showing. And I guess this is where you, you talk about having a havoc wreaker up front, but there ain't no way in hell we're trying to pay 15, 16 million dollars a year. There ain't no way in hell we're going to give JJ Watt that kind of money. And so it, what does he demand? 16, it's going to be 12. I mean, well, 12, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but you know, 
where, how much is J.J. Watt really worth? You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's. I don't know. That's, uh, hang on, time out, slow down, Steve. If Starla Tulele comes back and he's sucking up a double team, are the, who, who's left to double team J.J. Watt? Yeah. So now you're in a now you're in a pick your poison. So one of the things that we're missing here is the fact that the Buffalo Bills are are literally at the end of the rope in the luxury of rotating defensive linemen at 45% of the snaps. Man, our we're so good at this that we're going to like rotate all of our guys. They're all going to play 45% of the snaps. Well, that shit didn't work, first of all. This this at least in 2020 it didn't work with the guys that you had. However, 2021 because the cap drop puts you in a position where guess what you don't have that luxury you now have guys that are gonna have to go 70 percent of the time 75 percent of the time so now stars on the field 65 70 percent of the time with jj watt 65 70 percent of the time which is down from 90 percent of the time that he was with the texans oh by the way jerry hughes who has a motor that doesn't quit is on one side and let's just throw a bone to aj epinesa who's also going to be in the field 60, 65% of the time. Yeah. If you're double teaming J.J. Watt and you're double teaming Sarah Latula, that's four of your five offensive linemen. And and you know what? That's interesting you bring up A.J. Epinesa because if you, if you want to compare him to Shaq Lawson, for example, Shaq Lawson was non-existent until the last year of his contract. So he well, has plenty for the money. Well, yeah. And that's he's playing for the money. And that's what I'm saying. Like A.J. Epinesa has plenty of room to grow. Uh, probably has a lot more DNA that they're looking for. And, you know, I did see some flashes. I think at the end of the day, you know, he gets more meat on his bones. He starts to figure out how he fits better in the defense and maybe gets just more opportunities. It's probably going to help him a big time, a a ton, especially having a guy like maybe star back. And um, you bring the best point, though, about what happens with J.J. Watt. If you if, if star demands that double team and I'm I'm looking at the. Imagine a front four. You got timeout, time timeout, timeout. JJ Watt plays three positions across the defensive line. Yeah. And right, left, and nose tackle or or defensive tackle. If you are foolish enough to double team Star Latulale in that situation, it's over. JJ Watt coming free with one guy on him? He's 32 years old. He's younger than Jerry Hughes. And oh, by the way, Jerry Hughes is coming around the corner by himself. I don't know, dude. Maybe the dude is worth $16 million. So what do you think Brandon Bean's thinking then? Like, why can't, why in the hell are we not, why are we not pulling the trigger if we could see the light? What, like, is this a J.J. Watt thing then? It's not a Buffalo Bills thing? Because I thought, you know, Colin Coward uh, talked about it even a couple of times. He's like, he needs to go to Buffalo. He fits perfect in Buffalo. The DNA of J.J. Watt. The, the, the supporting cast that he would have in Buffalo. He would shine. He and you think about okay, so what is Brandon being afraid to do then? Is he afraid to lose? It's not. Brand, it's, it's, not it's not Brandon Bean. JJ Watt is leveraging himself to get the most. JJ JJ Watt wants to win a Super Bowl, right? So he's going to go to one of the, the three teams: Green Bay, Buffalo. Who's the other team? I don't remember. One of the three teams that's going to give him a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. But he's still going to wait long enough to draw out the last dollar that he can draw out. You think he's waiting? I mean, you think he's waiting for Deshaun Watson to make a move? No. <laughs> Just saying. I, I, look, no. I'm going to be real. I'm going to stop at this point because it can get a little hairy, and we can talk about it next time. But look, I'm going to be real. I've had some time to digest it. 
I would honestly be a little, I'd be not a little bit. I would be very intimidated if he goes to Miami. Deshaun Watson in Miami. Oh, it would be, it would be dangerous. He would be Uh, absolutely dangerous in Miami. I want to thank you because I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Like, like, great. I'm going to have nightmares. No, I do not want Deshaun Watson in Miami at all. That's the point. So if if Deshaun Watson goes to Miami, Miami is more cap space than Buffalo. J.J. Watt goes to Miami, follows his boy. Mm, That's what I'm saying. That's 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 a hot take. I haven't heard that. That's a hot take. Yeah, I'm full of them. Look, the fact of the matter (laughs) – Look, you're full of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> full of Gatorade, full of beer, you name it. You know, full of Slim Jims. I'm full of all kinds of crap. Look, the fact of the matter is this. That was amazing, by the way. You bring it out of me. Like, I don't know what it is. But I, I think, you know what? It, 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 I know what it is. You just, it's, it's your, it's your, uh, it's your dad vibe, man. Like, I, f- I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm talking to dad and I feel like I can pull out the puns that, you know, I'm a dad right now too, but I'm a new dad. So, you know, if I bring out puns, it's really cheesy still, but like That's when funny. I, it's not really funny yet. I got, I got to wait till my kid's like 17 and I, ah, he, ah, it's funny. You know, he deserved to say that. It's like me. It's like this kid's came, he came straight out of high school. What's wrong with this kid? It's like, for me, like, um, I'm, I'm enjoying so much having you on. I got to bring you back on. We're going to stop here. <laughs> We're going to stop here because the rabbit hole, <laughs> we're going to go down into the matrix in a minute. Like, this is amazing. Why didn't I take the blue pill? <laughs> Stop. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You are going to bring out the absolute nerd. And every pun <laughs> that I hold inside all week long is going to come out because I'm interviewing you. Like it's, it's, That's it's amazing. Gonna happen. But Joe Miller, everyone. Is it Joe Miller the third? Is that how, how are we, it is the third? I'm the third. How are we stopping here? Like, <laughs> like I mean, this is, this is about to be, this could be a four hour podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I looked at the time and I thought it was 30 minutes and it says 57 minutes. And let me tell you this right now. It's actually my longest podcast ever. Ever. Nice. I, I, I'm, I'm, I am all about breaking records. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Every time <laughs> you're always welcome. I'm probably going to bring you on. I I'd say about. Yeah, every single week. We'll see. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Buff Hub with your host, Steve Vega and Joe Miller. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, always an honor. Um, I know last time we did did a little thing with... uh, with uh, Jay Spence and uh, Mookie yeah, Hawkins. Dude. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm always following yeah. you, uh, you know, jumping in the chat whenever you're doing some things, but, you know, give a chance uh, for all the listeners, uh, Buffalo rumbling listeners and every listener like to know where they can find all your content. Oh my gosh. Where do you find all the content? Um, I don't even know anymore. So like before I had my own RSS feed uh, for the overreaction pod, and now it's going to be uh, assimilated into the Borg that is Buffalo rumblings. Um, So you'll find me on Mondays at some point. I don't know when it's going to drop, but it will be the overreaction podcast will be on Mondays on Buffalo rumblings podcast network. Um, Obviously there will be, I'm just going to, I'm just going to give the second exclusive to you, Steve. The first one went to Joe Marino that, that that my show is going to Buffalo Rumblings. The second exclusive to Steve Vega is that the Humpty Hotline will uh, be making a return, a triumphant return with myself, Joe Miller, and Jay Spence the King. Uh, so that will be coming back. Uh, the John Fina Off Tech with John Fina show will be returning as well. Uh, I've already I've already been in contact with John Fina about uh, 
doing a obviously a free agency and a draft show and john john and i just get along I, john it's weird dude so bro it's weird and <laughs> i hope this happens to every content creator like for me to have a dude that like played left tackle for the buffalo bills for 11 years oh. just text me randomly on tuesdays like wow it's just the strangest it's the strangest thing it's like <laughs> Uh, John Fain is texting me right now. Like it's it's just weird. So wow. like the dude is my the dude's my friend at this point. So that show's coming back and it's gonna be on Buffalo Rumblings. Um and there's some other stuff coming too. So but you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. You can find my show. Uh follow I follow everybody back unless you tweet porn. Um so <laughs> as long as you don't tweet porn, I'll I'll follow you back. I love the interaction, I love the connection. Um, I'm not snooty, I'm not bigger than myself, I don't have a bunch of pride, I'm not you know, a full-time radio jock here in Buffalo who thinks, you know, more of myself than I should. Literally, if you follow me on Twitter (laughs) and I can see that you're a Bills fan, I will follow you back and you can interact with me and I'll talk to you and I won't ignore you. Um, But yeah, Joe Miller Wired and then uh, Overreaction SP1 is the handle for my show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, dude, um, I, I don't know how we're ending this thing, but, uh, somehow you've, you figured out a way to close it, but, uh, dude, this was fun, bro. Oh. Like this was, this was a ton of fun. Oh my gosh, my first hour podcast. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any other way with anybody else, man. Like I'm bringing back <laughs> on here. I literally made up these topics and I was just kind of like, let's see where it goes. Like, I love the way you kind of, you're able to expand ideas. So I didn't want to trap you. I wanted to let you free. I nice. wanted you to just. I wanted you to. I wanted you to be a pe- be a peacock and fly. All right, that's 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 what I want you to think I'm about. Peacock, Sarge. You gotta let me fly. Yeah, just be a peacock and fly every time you're on this podcast. Man. I'm always here nice, for you. Nice. But yeah, thank you, I'm, everyone. I'm okay, yeah. You got anything else? Anything else? No, I'm good. I'll stay here for another two hours. Okay. <laughs> thank you, everyone, again for joining me on Buffalo Rumblings on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Have a great rest of your weekend. Go Bills. Go Bills. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.